This Washington Post Live podcast is sponsored by Siemens, ingenuity for life. You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the Post's newsroom to life on stage. Plano, Texas Mayor Harry LaRossier and Denver Mayor Michael Hancock joined the Washington Post to discuss their efforts to transform America's infrastructure and foster a new resilience. Let's listen. Hello, I'm Francis Steve Sellers rejoining you for the Washington Post. Now with two mayors of American cities, Mayor Harry Rosillier is the Republican from Plano, Texas, and Michael Hancock is a Democrat from Denver, Colorado. A very warm welcome to you both. Thank Good morning, you. Francis. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Mayor Hancock, let's start with you. Um, you are with the U.S. Conference of Mayors running at the chairing at the moment, the Transportation and Communications Committee. What are America's biggest challenges in terms of infrastructure right now? Well, Francis, first, I'm glad to be with you and good to see my friend down in Plano, Texas, uh, Mayor uh, LaRossilier. I am uh, I'm filling big shoes because Mayor LaRossilier did such a wonderful job in leading this committee, and I was proud to work with him as the vice chair. Uh, but the challenges facing American cities has not changed. Uh, we, we have a tremendous need for uh, infrastructure investment, um, both hard and soft, whether they is, it's road, rail, uh, you know, we need affordable housing. Uh, and the reality is, is that American cities have been carrying this burden now for a couple decades. It's not, if not over three decades. And I just think that the, the greatest opportunity that lies in front of us is that we get a chance to create as transformative a moment as we did following World War II um, in, 19, in the 1950s, and that is to create an opportunity to invest in our American cities, uh, to create the opportunity to create jobs, long-lasting jobs, and real sustainable economic development. And I believe the best way to do that is a transportation infrastructure strategy uh, emanating from the federal level. Thanks very much. And Mayor LaRosselier, I'd like to talk to you particularly about your own city of Plano, Texas. Um, you have been growing outwards and have sort of run out of space to grow into, as our video said, um, and you have massive infrastructure needs. So what's the plan going forward? What's been greenlighted? Well, first of all, again, I'm glad to be on the panel here with Mayor, Mayor Hancock. Uh, I was chair of the Infrastructure Committee and happy to pass the baton on to him. Seems the last week or so, uh, last couple of months, half my residents have moved to Colorado because of of people staying at home and loving the weather there. So so I, I'm happy to add to your economy, uh, Mary Hancock. But really the, the, the work that has to be done on our part is what cities have realized over the past several decades. From 2001 to 2015, cities alone have uh, increased their infrastructure spending by about $100 uh, million a year, whereas the federal government did about $1.5 million. And so, we realize that in order, it's incumbent on us to really take care of our own uh, needs. In Plano this upcoming year, our infrastructure needs about 211 million. Nearly 40% of that will be uh, cash funded on our part. So we've been very intentional in understanding that uh, infrastructure, spending infrastructure is investing in your community. It creates commerce, it creates opportunity for commerce, and it creates uh, ability for us to get connected. So the true focus for us is been and to just will... really focus on our own. How, how do you plan to pay these bills? So we have we, we uh, maintain a very high uh, a capital reserve that is used for infrastructure expenses. So we've 
we, again, we've been intentional about this for years and years, way before COVID, that we knew that uh, if we're if we're not going to get that help from the federal government, we simply have to do it ourselves. No action is is uh, is not an option. And so, um, like I said, about uh, a good portion of that, we'll we'll cash fund that. And we've have done that for years and years in the past. So let me come back to Mayor Hancock, if I may. Um, Plano's population is, is 288,000. Yours is a much bigger city of, of more like 3 million. What are your top priorities in Denver? I, I appreciate that, Francis. And, and I got to tell you that I, I do look at it in, in not only in terms of Denver. We are 730,000 people. Uh, over the last 10 years, Denver's been one of the fastest growing cities in the U entire United States of America. Uh, we have a uh, crumbling infrastructure that we're trying to address. At the same time, we're trying to create a more multimodal uh, infrastructure, as well as addressing the questions and concerns and challenges around affordable housing and things such as, you know, electric vehicle or electrification of our uh, infrastructure uh, to begin to, I think, modernize and become part of the 21st century. But we also have to think about the suburban community, and that's the three million that I think you were alluding to here. Right. You know, it doesn't make just any sense just to invest in Denver when we still have crumbling infrastructure in neighboring cities. Our roads are not connected. We don't have multimodalism in other parts of of the metro region, and, and we don't have the you know the the, the uh, the uh, light rail system and so on and so forth. So while Denver is moving to invest as best it can, and we are stressing our systems, particularly in times when we are facing these economic down, this economic downturn, um, we need to make sure that we move as a region. And uh, that's where the federal government, I think, can play a role, helping states and helping our metro regions through our, our, our various uh, uh, quasi-governmental type entities that work with us across the metro region. I'd like to follow up just on that question. What you have been critical in the past, and you've mentioned this, of the roles the states have paid and the federal government has played. What more would you specifically like to see from the state of Colorado and from the federal government to help cities like yours move ahead? Well, I mean, get off the, 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 the uh, you know, the proverbial paralysis by indecision, quite frankly, uh, and partisan politics that have really created stalemates. Um, uh, if we want to create jobs and if we we want to improve our cities. And, and let me just be clear, cities account for 91% of this nation's GDP. There is no recovery if your cities don't begin to recover. And there is no faster, more reliable and proven way to begin to help cities recover, particularly our major cities recover from this economic recession than investment in infrastructure. And so we got to get beyond partisan politics at the federal and state level, uh, particularly at the federal level. And, and, and find a collaborative way for the, you know, the federal government to incentivize and to work with cities uh, to begin to invest in infrastructure. If we have the federal government leaning in through our states as well, but direct funding to cities um, and metro regions, then we can you know, be smarter, more creative as we lean in and create public-private partnerships to accomplish a lot of what we need to accomplish and create jobs and ignite recovery from this recession. So does this come down still to a battle over um, increasing taxes? I'd love to hear from you, Mayor LaRosiliere, on this too. Um, or is it really now a battle over what infrastructure includes? Um, soft infrastructure, you've mentioned hard infrastructure and all sorts of public other public institutions and things. Mayor LaRosiliere, maybe you could respond to that. Is this a battle over taxes, tax increases? I, I think in the end, the conversation is about revenue and taxes is a, component, a major component of, the re of revenue. Uh, just to touch on the point that Mayor Hancock said, for every billion dollars of 
transportation investment that is made, it's uh, about 12 to 15,000 jobs are created. And so we want to put America back to work. Let's work on let's work on our infrastructure. And so where are the funds going to come from? Well, the revenue source for government is is taxes, uh, but also government can be efficient in terms of how they spend those, those dollars and finding uh, ways to uh, raise the enough revenue to invest and have that make that as a priority is what is what we need. Mayor Hancock just talked about it. It's it's, it's really about the partnership with. Uh, with the state and federal uh, entities on the city level. We are the last stop. We have to get it done. We, we can't pass the buck to anybody if, uh, if our roads and, and, and bridges are, are, are deficient. And so if we can have that partnership, we can leverage the, the dollars that we are willing to invest locally in our community. Let me ask you a follow-up. Oh, carry on, Matt Hancock, if you No, 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 I, thank you, Francis. I, I, Mayor LaSillier is, is right on target there. You know, Denver as well has taken it upon itself. You, you read a quote of uh, from my state of city address, and one of the things that I did in 2017 was make a, 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 uh, a $2 billion commitment to infrastructure in this city. Uh, and we didn't have all of the means in which to do that, obviously, but the reality was that we needed to forge a vision and a goal, a destination that we wanted to pursue. And that was the route in which we needed to go. Make the commitment, begin to allocate your general fund resources to do it. Um, the reality is that there still has to be a marker for the federal and state governments to play a role. These are all of our roles that we have to be responsible for. The city of Denver is taking care of some of the roles that are actually owned by the state, as well as by the federal government. And uh, because they're not leaning in, but we cannot justify and pass the buck or blame them when the roads are crumbling so we and, and unsafe for our residents so we are we are moving in and let me just also say this whole economy in terms of infrastructure particularly around transportation is transitioning we got to get more electrification we've got to get more uh rail going in terms of moving people people want to move differently we need bike lanes but we also need that soft and that's the housing that's the wi-fi these are all the things themselves to equity that quite frankly we're not investing in and unfortunately like the uh, my friend here mentioned we have to find ways to invest and unfortunately we're using primarily uh, bonding uh, sales tax property tax to do it and uh, we always run the risk of overburdening our residents and we simply got to be careful about that so I would like to ask about Plano Texas and we can find this out about Denver too but you mentioned Wi-Fi Mayor Hancock um, broadband access has become even more critical for school children and others during this crisis. What are you doing in Plano, Texas, Mayor Lea, to address the digital divide? So last, my last year as State of the City, um, we call ourselves the City of Excellence in Plano, but I said we're now going to be the City of Excellence and in Innovation. In order for us to be relevant in the next decades, uh, we have to in invest in our infrastructure. So we've, we have dedicated staff uh, to work with our telecom providers to facilitate the um, 5G uh, infrastructure that they're looking to, to put out so that we're, we're helping that process go quicker. Uh, we're looking at doing creative things like um, like using drones and uh, for, for traffic uh, um, um, monitoring and for uh, smart poles that will allow um, residents to connect with throughout the city and for our first responders to have access to um, broadband and, and, and Wi-Fi 
throughout the, the, the city. And, and that, that is an, a major expense. And that's above and beyond what I talked about when we said the, the, our $211 million that's on our budget for the upcoming year. The infrastructure is really, uh, the technology infrastructure is a whole nother cost in and of itself that we again on the city will bear, but we will do it because it's what's necessary for our citizens. And Matt Hancock, are you addressing that digital divide too? I know you have a top priority of soft infrastructure. Uh, tech is another area in itself. No, you're absolutely correct. And, and I think, Francis, you went to really the heart of a challenge that we all discovered. You know, 20 years ago, we talked about the super information highway and we talked about the, the gaps that existed, you know, the communities uh, perennially underserved, under-resourced. Uh, um, not having access to the internet. And, and, and during this COVID-19 um, shutdown and challenges with schools closing and kids going home with technology, you know what? The, everybody was blown away to learn again that we still have this gap existing, this digital divide that, that, that separates the haves and the have-nots in our communities. Too many of our children were lost because they did not have the ability to get online at home. And so one of the things that we've uh, expanded and to try to elevate is our partnership with our telecom partner, as Mayor LaCellier just pointed out, um, and is that with Comcast, we have the Internet Essentials Program, and that's where we provide at very, very reduced rates the access into, and in some families, free access to, to the Internet to, through Wi-Fi. Um, but we're going to have to continue to expand and be even more creative through our libraries, our rec centers, and making sure those spaces are open and accessible to young people as they come home and prepare for their homework and, and, and need to continue to stay connected through the weekend. It's really a, a terrible, damaging, lifelong impacting um, situation when young people are unable to keep up because they simply cannot afford the technology that so many are taking for granted uh, in their homes. Your economies in your two cities are very different. Plano has a lot of big companies based or uh, headquartered there. Um, Denver is much more of a tourism-based uh, economy, and tourism, of course, has been hard hit um, by the pandemic. But maybe you could just briefly, each of you, describe how those help or hinder the bottom line, those focuses of your economy. And let's start with Plano. So having a concentration of our major corporations in Plano has been an absolute um, benefit to our, our community. It is a double-edged sword, though, because, um, you know, in our city, for example, we have about 150,000 people that come into Plano during the day to work, and they work at regional headquarters of um, places like uh, Liberty Mutual and uh, Boeing and FedEx office and uh, uh, J.P. Morgan, U.S. headquarters of Toyota. Well, those individuals are no longer in our city right now, and so with COVID, we, we have seen a severe decline in in tourism, you know, in business travel that helps our hotel motel sales tax revenue in our, in our hotel for our restaurants, and so it, it's helped us quite a bit because a ma majority of our revenues, our sales tax revenues, comes from uh, the fact that we have such a concentration of of uh, employees in our in our in our city. Yet um, right now we're we're hurting, uh, but we know that uh, long term, being a business friendly community works for us because it, it allows commerce, it allows um, revenues for us to deliver quality services to our citizens. And as a result, we've had one of the lowest tax rates in the area because the businesses pay more taxes and use less city services. And Mayor Hancock, with your tourism focused uh, economy, obviously you're taking a hit now. Do you see this as short term or what are your plans looking ahead? How does this help or hinder you? 
Yeah, we certainly hope they're short term or we're going to have to go yeah. to Plano and poach some headquarters out of there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure Mayor Rossillier will be proud of that. But the reality is that, yeah, you know, in 2020, we had, uh, you know, post, uh, we started to see kind of a recession slowly creeping in. And obviously with COVID-19, everything was greatly uh, accelerated in terms of the recession itself. Denver in 2020 realized a $220 million economic shortfall uh, as a result of COVID-19 and the halting, really the halting of the key industries that drive our economy, such as tourism and sales tax. And with 63% drop in our um, uh, hotel occupancies, that was it has been devastating to our economy. And uh, of course, sales tax uh, also um, um, resulting in devastation as well. So in 2021, we're looking at $190 million economic shortfall, and we have to adjust to that. But we do hope and believe it's going to be short term. Hopefully by the third quarter of next year, we'll begin to recover. It's still one of the most vibrantly uh, designed and set up economies to respond, I think, uh, and perform quite well. And we have been forecasted as to be one of the top three economies to respond or, excuse me, rebound from this recession in the country. We expect that we'll do okay. Uh, interestingly enough, prior to the COVID-19, Denver had been perennially situated as the uh, fifth busiest airport in the country. Fifth busiest in the country. Today, it's number one in terms of passengers. Uh, people are flying into Denver to visit our mountains um, and to enjoy the climate. Um, you know, they're also social distancing, hopefully, but the reality is that we are starting to see them come back and we hope to see some of this momentum carry forward into 2021 and help our economy begin to recover. So Hancock, I just want to follow up on this issue of partisan polarization, which you brought up and, and indecision. Can you give me specific examples of where that kind of polarization has held up specific infrastructure redevelopment programs? Yeah, actually, I'll go back to when President Obama was in office. You know, he had the Americans work uh, a plan that uh, most mayors around the country were very excited about. It was an infrastructure investment, transportation infrastructure investment strategy. And, uh, you know, we wanted to see it get through Congress. But Congress's decision to block anything the Obama administration proposed clearly blocked uh, the Americans vote, excuse me, Americans work strategy. It was, uh, I think, an innovative and the right policy to put everyone to work. I share the same theory and, sh and, and strategy with Secretary Chow, who I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of uh, as part of the Trump administration. And I said to her, you know, the very first thing you should have done when you came into office was to promote a, a infrastructure investment program to put people to work, to sustain the economic growth that we are seeing and, and to continue, uh, tr you know, modernizing our cities around this country. We have crumbling infrastructure that we're not investing in. And, and I still believe that, and I'm really encouraging the next president. Uh, on January 20, the first thing the next president needs to do is to put forward a, an infrastructure investment bill to begin to revitalize the city or these nation, this nation by investing in our cities directly and putting people back to work in the long term. We did this in Denver coming out of the recession. When it was counterintuitive to be investing in capital projects, Denver actually accelerated its infrastructure bond investment programs thereby helping to keep the economy moving along, the ecosystem work. And when we came out of the recession, Denver was one of the number one economies because the private sector was able to meet with the public sector, had been doing during the recession. And we had a we had a great expansion and great growth in terms of people going to work and new investment occurring. Let me move President, now to La Rosilia. I'd love to, I'd love yeah, to comment on that. comment to add on yeah. to Mayor Hancock and your question on partisanship. Really, right. it, this is going on 
from before the uh, Obama administration and Bush administration. Like I said, since 2001, uh, we in the cities have, have uh, committed so much more uh, increased revenue funding for, um, for infrastructure. But really what it comes down to is an intentionality and a desire uh, for our policymakers to do what's right for our community. Nothing is more invigorating and empowering to walk, to be in a city, to see cranes, to see those cones as, as disrupt as it feels in traffic, to see those traffic cones. There's a sense of vibrancy when you hear the jackhammers going and you see uh, a guy in a construction hat on, uh, on the side of the road eating a sandwich and with a shovel in his or her hand. Those are the things that create a sense of vibrancy for communities. And if we don't have policymakers that are intentional about wanting what's right for us, then we will continue to limp along like this. But we know uh, our work at the U.S. Conference of Mayors, we are committed as an organization and as a group of uh, leaders to to hold hand, to be bipartisan and uh, and nonpartisan so that we can do right. what's right on behalf of our cities and our country. We just, we're, we're on the dance floor. We're waiting for someone to come dance with us. If you know anybody on the state and federal level that want to dance, me and Mayor Hancock are ready to do it. I appreciate well, I, that. Well said. <laughs> I really enjoyed hearing the two of you dance together through this conversation. Mayor La Rosilier of Plano, Texas, and Mayor Hancock of Denver, Colorado, thank you both very much for joining us this morning. Thank you. Be safe. Thank you. Take care, Mayor. Thanks for listening. To hear more interviews from this series and other Washington Post Live programs, visit us at WashingtonPostLive.com.